the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. We are back on another episode of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I'm Michael Fields, and today uh, we have Kerry Geithner with us, the El Paso County Commissioner. Uh, thanks for joining us, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, so I guess the, the question that we like to ask elected officials in general is just, uh, you know, why did you decide to run in the first place or why county commissioner? You're somebody who could, you know, run or do all different kinds of things. Why did you pick uh, to to represent El Paso County as a commissioner? Well, that's a great question. You know, I love local government, local politics, because it's so close to the people. And, you know, that was really my reason for running is uh, there are problems that need to be solved in our community. And I, you know, really believe that I could step into the role and uh, hit the ground running and really um, provide great representation for the people in my district. And um, after almost two years, coming up on two years, I I'm hopeful that we are seeing some of the changes that I really wanted to make in regards to making sure our roads are well taken care of and things like that. Yeah, so I guess how's it going so far? Is it what you expected different, um, you know, two years in, how do you assess, uh, you know, your term so far? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I was pretty familiar with the commission and um, and local politics when I decided to run. So, um, you know, not too many surprises. Uh, it's certainly, there, there are always, uh, lots of uh, different things that pop up. So uh, it clearly is not a boring job. Um, and so, you know, of course, there are those things that um, were just a little unexpected. But for the most part, the job is what I thought it would be. And um, we've been able to, uh, again, like I said, put a lot more money towards our roads, which we're, we're really in need of some attention and repair. And so um, we've gone a little bit from hearing about potholes to hearing about road construction, which is what the trade-off is when you're putting your time and attention towards your roads. But um, that's, a, that's a really good thing that we've been able to do. And, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the issues that uh, people in unincorporated county uh, face are very different than in the city here. Um, I live in the unincorporated area, and that was really important to me to make sure we had some balance on this board of of understanding all the different needs of our community members. And I think that I've been able to represent that pretty well. Do you feel that people kind of grasp, do you think all the different layers of, of government from federal to state to, to local to municipal, do you think, you know, on the education side, do people understand kind of who does what, that you guys are in charge of, of certain roads that, you know, the state deals with highways or the federal government does, et cetera. How much education do you think there is in terms of your job uh, when it comes to what the public understands? Yeah, I actually think it's very confusing. Uh, you know, people are busy living their day-to-day lives. They have a ton of things to worry about, getting their kids to school, making sure kids get homework done, dinner, making sure that, you know, their budget balances. Uh, and so I think they expect that um, 
and they hope that the people that they elect to take care of those things will take care of them so that they don't have to get into the nitty gritty details uh, because it is very complicated. It can be very com complicated even, you know, even for me, you know, sometimes we, we have to ask the questions, whose road is that? Whose responsibility is that? Uh, sometimes we have to dig into it and sometimes those are complicated issues. Um, so I think that uh, there's there's less um, understanding of that than um, I'd like there to be, honestly. But again, I understand people are very busy. So uh, I do think that it's important that we do everything we can to help educate the public, make sure that they have access to their government um, and know where to go to be able to ask for the things that they want and, and hold their representatives accountable. Yeah. And you think about just the importance, you know, we talk about people get caught up in what's happening nationally and there's very important issues, foreign policy, immigration, all kinds of issues that are very important. But, you know, things that impact people's everyday life tend to be a lot more local. If you have kids at school board, if you, uh, you know, your roads aren't fixed and you can't get out of your neighborhood, that's an issue. And so how important local issues are. But also, you know, we're in a state now, this last election went very blue. Um, you know, and really the, the focus for conservatives then becomes more of local issues, more of, you know, county commissioner, county commissions and, uh, you know, school boards and city councils, et cetera. Um, so we plan to focus a lot more. And, you know, reason why we have you and other people on is to talk about how important local issues are. I guess, what is your view, you know, post November election on your guys role and what you're seeing at the local level? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's probably uh, not shocking to anyone to hear that, you know, Colorado Springs, El Paso County is still a reasonably conservative area. Um, but, you know, counties are political subdivisions of the state. Mm -hmm. And of course, that means that we take our direction from the state. Uh, and being a, um, a much more conservative area, but having you know, that legislature and a governor who who definitely have different ideas about what good governance looks like. Uh, that's a little bit challenging for us. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, mandates pushed down from the state for programs and uh, things we wouldn't necessarily want to put in place, uh, especially around public safety. That's been very problematic. A lot of the laws that have been passed that, you know, uh, it, it creates crime in our communities. It, it, it really handcuffs our um you know, our sheriff's office and our and our DA in many ways um, from being able to put things in place to, to keep our community safe. And so it's definitely a huge challenge um, when we have those kind of mandates coming down from the state uh, and our citizens don't want to see uh, what is happening in, say, Denver. And I know you live in Denver, but, you know, there's a lot of crime well, there and a lot of homelessness. In the area. Yeah, not in Denver proper. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you know, that's not that's not who Colorado Springs and El Paso County have been. And, and we are a little different and we pride ourselves on that. We'd like to be able to continue to govern that way. But the state continues to make it more difficult. I guess. Do you have some examples of of what those mandates look like? I know uh, one would be collective bargaining, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but what are what are some of the other things that they've pushed down? Oh, yeah. Collective bargaining is a, is a really good one because it's going to be very impactful and, and cost our citizens a lot of money. Um, but, you know, it can be anything from um, the way that, you know, bail is is dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, it can be anything related to um, how we advertise our jobs, right? The Equal Pay Act <laughs> yeah. uh, created a lot of, of kind of administrative burden on us. Um, 
things that, you know, we, we would have been able to do before, like say, give somebody a promotion for doing a great job at work. Uh, it's not quite that straightforward anymore. So it just really handcuffs us in our way that, um, that we can make sure that we have good employees, which is important, of course, because that means we can provide great services to citizens. But I mean, those are just some of the things, um, you know, all the way down to what we have to do in order to uh, approve uh, planning processes, um, things that we have to do related to building roads. Um, just it's across the board. There just continues to be more, especially as we look at, you know, climate activism being a very big driving force. Um, you know, there's potential that we aren't going to be able to build capacity on roads mm-hmm. uh, because of some of the things that have come down from the state that are, um, you know, that are really saying, hey, we don't want people to drive cars anymore. What would you say, you mentioned a few of them, but are the biggest challenges that you deal with uh, in El Paso County issue-wise? I guess what issues come up? I mean, I'm sure some of this is, you know, long-term planning and things that you got to do every year. Other stuff kind of pops up, uh, you know, based on what's going on. I guess what are some of these issues that that you deal with at the county commissioner level? Yeah, absolutely. So community growth is is a big issue. Um, you know, we have a lot of people coming into the state of Colorado, and that means that um, we have a lot of uh, housing related concerns that that people are always talking about, you know, affordable housing. And that means something different to everybody, as we know. Um, you know, there's lots of different words to describe that. But, you know, it's getting very expensive to live here. And El Paso County, you know, we we try very, di- very hard um, to do everything we can to keep down government regulations to do all of those things that provide a lot more opportunity and can keep costs down. But, um, uh, you know, we don't live in a bubble, so we're, we're uh, definitely surrounded, but um, we are constantly looking for ways to um, provide avenues to deregulate where we can and, and that way uh, provide more opportunity for residents. You know, thinking about how inflation, you know, hurts individuals, hurts families. We've seen high inflation now for a long period of time. You talked about the cost of living, housing, et cetera, stuff that families are dealing with. But on the government side, too, stuff that you have to pay for becomes more expensive, right? We're building mm-hmm. roads end up becoming more expensive. Inflation is, I guess, how do you think about that as an elected official of trying to balance out, you know, we need to pay for the things that we need for government, but it also comes at a cost to, uh, you know, families and individuals who are seeing higher inflation too? Absolutely. That's a great question. And that is a reality. When we see things like fuel prices going up, that affects the county pretty dramatically. Uh, You know, when we have trucks out there on the road trying to do road maintenance and those things, it takes a lot more money to keep that going when those prices are high. It's very tough to balance because when we know that we are seeing those costs increase, yeah, we know that, that families are seeing those costs increase. Uh, so we've tried to be very intentional about um, looking at areas where we can pull back a little bit, where we're not going to be cutting services that are necessary, but where are there ways that that we can find savings? Um, sometimes that's through technology. Uh, sometimes that's, um, you know, looking at things that we don't really need anymore. Or, you know, are there outdated programs or are there things that aren't being utilized? We've had to get really creative to try and figure out how to um, accommodate those higher costs, but not have to go back to, to voters and say, hey, we can't afford this because we know that families can't afford, you know, can't afford to live in this economy um, very easily either. So uh, you just do the best that you can to try and balance that and look for ways 
that again aren't going to cut services to residents because obviously that's not what we want to do but find smart ways um to adjust our budget I was thinking about two of my two of my favorite issues one is is Tabor the taxpayers bill of rights the other mm-hmm. uh is property taxes and I guess uh questions about how does Tabor impact local government especially in El Paso County is the first question and then also on the property tax side we know that property taxes are needed to fund local services on the other hand, we've seen such a spike in housing costs and, and how much value is in these houses. But on the flip side, you know, that means higher property taxes for people that might be on fixed incomes, et cetera. Again, how do you uh, balance both Tabor and then the the property tax issue that helps fund a lot of uh, these local services? Yeah, absolutely. You know that I'm a big fan of Tabor also. And uh, I think it's incredibly important. I think it's um, what has kept our state from falling off the cliff. <laughs> um, and so I do think that, that it's very important. Is it a challenge for uh, folks in government to work within that? Sometimes it absolutely is. Um, but I think that it's it's worth that challenge to, to uh, make sure that um, we are living within the budget that citizens want us to live in. And also, you know, Michael, when we're looking at a recession right now, El Paso County had a $30 million overage over our Tabor cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the part I think people understand a little less about is that cap piece rather yeah. than just the ability to go to voters and ask. Um, but that means that we had to return that $30 million, of course, and we did that through a property tax um, mill levy adjustment. So um, that is one way that we are kind of balancing out um mm-hmm dealing with those increases for our citizens. But that 30 million means that if we do face a recession, we're not going to see that immediately hurt our budget, right? Because that's kind of that cushion that it builds in for us, um, which is to not spend all of that, all of those dollars. We are very, um, we receive a lot of our funding and sales tax. Um, So, you know, we're able to offset uh, that property tax piece with that Tabor uh, refund in that way. Um, I think people are more familiar with, you know, the Tabor cap when it comes to the, the refund checks that we got on the state mm-hmm. level at $750. Um, and, and I guess people are less familiar with it on the local level. And a lot of localities, uh, you know, are able to to keep that that money and have voted to do so. But I guess, so that's a choice that you guys make to put it back in a property tax mill levy adjustment as opposed to sending it out in uh, checks, for example. Is that right? It is. That's typically how we've done it, Michael. And we've had a lot of conversations about that lately on how's the best way to get that back. Um, but if you can imagine with postage as expensive as it is, um, it costs us a, a decent amount of money to it would cost us a decent amount of money to send out a check to everyone in that situation. Um, and that cannot be taken out of the taper overage itself. It would have to come out of our general fund budget. So, you know, that could be a, a pretty hefty piece of it. And so we found that, you know, returning it through the, the property tax venue is very cost effective, allows us to save money um, and, and gets it back to, to the folks in our community. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have a question about collaboration. You have a lot of, uh, you know, county commissioners across the the state. I guess, how much do you guys communicate, share ideas? How much do you talk? And what does that process look like in terms of, you know, especially sharing good ideas with with other uh, commissions that, that might be in other parts of the state? 
Yeah, so there's an organization called Colorado Counties Incorporated uh, that is an organization that does exactly that. It helps counties get together, talk about issues, use each other as resources. Um, We just finished up our winter conference recently, and so it's an opportunity for us to get together and share ideas, think about what's happening, and actually to help us have a stronger voice at the Capitol. Um, You know, a lot more um, of our counties are are conservative, honestly, um, than you would expect necessarily when you see things happening at the Capitol. But um, we're, we have a lot of very practical ground level experience. You know, I appreciate our, legislat- our legislature, but, you know, they don't always understand exactly how those things are going to impact us. And um, as you know, my husband was a, was a legislator and we had a lot of those conversations <laughs> about how that actually works from concept to the ground level. And um, that's one of the things that we continue to do as, as commissioners is uh, work together to uh, make sure that our legislators understand how things actually impact us at the ground level. Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? Just thinking about the mandates that have already been pushed down, et cetera. How do you think, you know, collaboration or talking to uh, legislative leaders or the governor, et cetera, or, you know, and, and after that conference, are people hopeful that, you know, that they that they'll listen or I guess what uh, what's the takeaway when it comes to, you know, the interaction with the state? Uh, well, I got to be honest, it's not it, we're we're not super optimistic. Um you know, the governor did attend CCI. Some questions were asked of him. We have real concerns about some of the things that they are going to be or talking about pushing down through this next legislative cycle. Um, I I don't have a whole lot of hope that they're going to hear us. (laughs) I'm hoping we can make some things less bad. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where we're at is like, can we just convince you to make some things less bad? Uh, That's the reality where we're at. And I think that there's going to be a huge focus on um, you know, just as we talked about the education piece around how things affect us locally, I think there's going to be a big, um, a big push from a lot of commissioners to uh, get out there and talk about the direct connection between what is happening at the Capitol and how that affects us locally, because I think that piece is often missed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we're going to keep an eye on it at, at Advanced Colorado on, you know, what the legislature is doing and make sure that, you know, at least a a sane uh, conservative viewpoint is shared, uh, whether they, you know, the legislators want to, uh, you know, go through with it or not. So appreciate the work that you're doing. I guess my last question would just be one takeaway or one thing that you would want people to know, uh, you being county commissioner in, you know, very important county in our state, what do people need to know about the work that you do or the issues that you're facing? It's a great question. You know, if there's one thing I want people to know is, um, that their voice is actually very important. And, you know, it can be frustrating and time consuming um, to get involved at times. I realize that, but their voice really is important. And I encourage them in a time when, you know, we're very distrustful of our governments and um, there's a, there's a lot of negativity out there, you know, pick up your phone and, and maybe give your local officials a call. Uh, there tend to be a lot more accessible um, and I think that you might be surprised to find that, you know, they're real everyday people that live right in your community. They may even live up the street from you and just realize that there's an opportunity to really work with those folks um, and and get involved. Well, I think that's that's great. And that's what, you know, organizations like ours try to do, too, is to get people plugged in, encourage them to 
talk to their elected officials, to share stuff with, you know, fellow Coloradans and write letters to the editor and do all kinds of stuff to be active, to get these ideas out there. So I appreciate all the work that you're doing. We'd love to have you back on uh, again uh, another time to update us on on how things are going, but really appreciate having you on today. Thanks, Michael. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to uh, coming on again or however else we can work together. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks, Gary. So this is our last episode of the year. We'll be back in January with uh, new guests. And this has been the Advanced Colorado Rundown. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.